Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau. This is a special edition. We're speaking with Christine A. Moore. She is the featured Kentucky Derby Milner. We're speaking with her today because we have a group of wine country women heading to bourbon country for Derby. And we've all been working with Christine and her team on hats. So let's get to know Christine. So, Christine, you've been making hats for 20 years. Oh, I hate to say it's 20 years, but I've loved every minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you love most about it? Uh, What I love most about it is really actually what we were just talking about before the interview is about the construction. And as an artist, like pushing the construct, like new techniques and figuring out how to do new shapes and new ideas and new materials. I always use natural fiber, but it's like how to manipulate those new materials, but also what materials I can add to the silk to make it do something different. And really the silk is like the most sustainable fabric, keeps the shape the best. So that's why I use it on my trim. And then, you know, it's um, just like it can, it's absorbent too. So it takes on a lot of other things and how we were able to paint. But I think it's just really the actual nerdiness of the of the construction that really gets me that keeps me in the business and keeps me going and actually why I do everything else that I do somebody just recently asked me do you do you like being on like out there in out there out front or do you prefer to be in the uh, in the back you know unseen and I'd say I actually like to be unseen and I like to just my passion is to make hats but I realize that if I want to do what I want to do and continue to do it I have to be out there and market it and and meet people well because everybody wants to meet you well yeah and when you know I want to meet them because you're darling my oh thank you that's really (laughs) sweet you too I mean I'm glad to meet you in person and the the one thing that I find with um traveling so much and meeting people is really uh, that they help me design. Like I watch people try on the hats, and I watch what they do, and the faces that they make, and the and what makes their eyes get bright and sparkly, and then and then also what frustrates them. And and people say like little things that will spur on a whole nother avenue of design, whether they know they're giving me a design inspiration or not. And that's why I really like. Um, that's my design style. Not every designer can do that. They want to be. They need to be closed off more but for me it's just like energizing so I've come to realize that traveling and being out front is actually better made me a better designer that's super well before we talk more about um, your career today I have to ask what was your first professional job ever okay my first professional job was uh, at the Walnut Street Theater as an assistant costume designer seriously yes okay and I actually met they brought they brought in I was uh, I was there from the first season it was like I think we started in September we're going to end in May it was like the last show um, there's a, in theater there's six week build periods and so it was the last build for the last show going up it was um, a- in April and this they hired this milliner from Princeton the Princeton area in New Jersey and she had done some Broadway shows and then she was doing regional theater that she could travel to. And she, I found her there at Walnut Street Theater, and I was just like, 
okay, love what you're doing. I have to do this. And I asked her for a job. And I, I begged her for a job, really. <laughs> and then she finally had a job that was big enough to have another person, a third person. She had an assistant. And then that's how I really started. I apprenticed her. And it was wonderful. So is that when you worked in Philadelphia? Yes. Yep. That's okay. when I worked in Philadelphia. Um, the Walnut Street Theater is in Philadelphia. And okay. it's like the oldest running, continuously running theater in the United States. feel honored to have started there. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a perfect starting point. Yeah. And then, yeah, I met my husband there, and I met millinery there. <laughs> so you fell in love with the craft of making hats, and then you decided to move to New York City. Was it to go work for Milner Rodney Gordon? That's right. Yes, or it was. Or was it another reason? Uh, two reasons. Um, one, okay, so from the Walnut Street, I had met my husband. My, it was my, he was my boyfriend at the time, and he went to Columbia University. And then my, uh, then I did the regional theater. I went to Alabama. I went to um, Cleveland. <laughs> I went around the country, uh, just on like east of the Mississippi, different right. theaters. And actually, several times I, I had gotten um, job uh, leads for Louisville, and every time something else came up instead. And I realized, like looking back, I wasn't supposed to meet Louisville this way, like the, through the theater. I was supposed to meet it through fashion. So um, my husband, who was, at, who was at Columbia University, had graduated, and he had basically said, I, wanna, I want you to live closer, because I was in Alabama at the time. I want you to live closer, because I, you know, I want to see if we actually, because we had a long-distance rela- relationship, and he said, I'm going to see if this is really a valid relationship so would you move up to New York and I thought well you know I think it's time to work on Broadway and I had met um, somebody had recommended Rodney Gordon who is the master milliner of, of Broadway and 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 I somebody had said this is this is the guy you should work for and so I, I called him I interviewed him I interviewed with him and he and he's my mentor all all around just even running a business um, his relationship with employees and his millinery skill and I remember saying to him, after being there for the interview, I just looked up at him and I said, I have a lot to learn. And he said, I have a lot to teach you. And then I walked out and I thought, oh, what an idiot. He's never going to hire me. And he, like, two weeks later, he called and he said, would you come up to New York? And so I rode the bus back and forth and then Blake proposed to me. (laughs) That's it. That's been 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) And life's never been better, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, actually, living in the country might be okay. <laughs> That's for later. <laughs> but seriously, when you went to go work for Rodney Gordon, it was kind of like the perfect storm because you started out in theater and now yeah. you're working back on Broadway with this amazing Milner. And, oh, yeah. You know, amazing. He, had- he did men's hats to perfection and then he also did women's hats to perfection so it's like usually one the milliners do one or the other right but i got to do both with him and that's why our blake collection the men's collection is i think it was really great because i can make any men's hat it's just that we get more call for women but it's like that was the thing he made he made amazing he made all the hats for phantom of the opera for will rogers follies like in my time period when i was working with him and then he would do women's also but i really learned the construction of men's is there more business hat business in theater than there is in retail uh, oh that's a really good question because um it depends on it depends on what's happening on in theater. It, has, it depends on what's happening on Broadway. 
unfortunately, if you have a lot of modern shows, you're not going to have a lot of hats. And the budgets are lower because of that, because they pull from modern. Um, but then if you have, if it's a, you know, vintage period show, piece, period right. show, yeah, then you have a lot of hats. You know, I hire all theater people, so somehow I I'll never... I mean, they, people come back to me, but we were always hiring new people, too. When I first started, everybody was... It was, like, in the 90s, when I started selling my work and was still working in theater and on the side selling my work to... And my first store was Henry Bendel's, so I, would, and I, so I started in a, at a very spectacular store. Right, which high was end, very nice. Really an honor when I look back like it was hard at the time because it was like going from the sweet loving f- theater world where everybody you do collaborative art to like the like just gnawing biting world of fashion which is you know it's harsh so it was to for me to have started at Henry Brindles and be fairly unscathed through that process is pretty good you know you survived yeah and I liked <laughs> yeah. my work and I think that in, from the very beginning there was a thread of that people saw potential for me, which was really nice. And then, and then for through hard knocks, they people sharpened me in fashion district. They sharpened me up to be who I am. And the whole time, I thought, every time there was a criticism, I thought, I'm just going to get better, and I'm going to show you. And I would just keep on working on that, you know, working at it. But I had no idea anything about fashion when I started. It was just that I realized that I wanted to do a body of work apart from the collaborative art scene. Well, you've done it so now. So did that answer all that? I think I digressed. I think, so. well, you well, you answered several things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're skipping ahead now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you've been making hats for 20 years. You started your own company in 1994. Yeah. You designed a wide range of hats, but you're best known for your racing styles, okay. Kentucky Derby. So, yeah, so what happened with that was that through the, because it's perfect, perfect, because of, of the hard knocks of, trying to figure out where I fit into your niche where is your yeah niche? into the niche um oh I was gonna tell you okay so in the 90s like everybody was saying fast fashion fast fashion um you know everybody like you have to you have to be you know you have to have the the right look the right price and then you have to be really snobby about it and I'm just not that way right. I'm just like yeah you know, I'm just like I I um I started on a shoestring and I really need the money and I have a really small space and I need the supplies to come in and then to go back out right and you know and I can't be really snobby but I know like this is the like the the 80s and like everything's moving so fast and so I get that you want me to be like that, but I really just can't afford to do that, you know. And so, I was chastised for all of that not being that way, not looking, not being snobby. Like an example is like looking people up and down and all this stuff, seeing what they're wearing, you know, all that, th- all of that. So, th- and on top of it, just constantly be cri- being criticized for my design or for my quality or for you know for pricing or whatever it was. Constant, constant criticism. And I was just like trying to figure out where am I going to fit in this world of fashion because I, I do like it and I see I'm fairly successful at it. But how do I get further in it? Like how do I how make do this I fr- really differentiate yourself? Yes, def- differentiate and actually like uh, you know be able to have more employees and and have a, a a team that supports me and just grow the business and and actually make money. How am I going to do yes. this? And I I um I just like been searching and searching and I had this feeling though that something was on the horizon that was going to change like I felt like the the all the puzzle pieces were going to snap together and I was going to not be in this stuck position forever 
And one of my employees, this grandmother is from, from Louisville, said, she said, listen, I'm going to my grandmother's for, uh, for Thanksgiving. I have my great little, like, she had, had this, um, it was streetwear, but it was just a, a suede, uh, suede cowboy hat that I had had on the collection. She said, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to take some catalogs around to the different stores and she said because I really feel like Louisville is where you need to be and you're gonna like it's perfect with your fashion and your in the fashion and the theater and blend and so she said um you know she went around to every store that like in that little holiday time and um everybody was like yeah come back and see us in January you know for spring right. but there was one store it was um Luna Boutique on Bardstown Road and she was like, I love what you're wearing, and I think I'm going to order for Christmas for, like, December sales. And, um, you know, can you get us, like, a small, it was, like, a six-piece order, and then we'll talk about spring, but I'm definitely going to order spring. So she comes back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody totally understands, like, my, my look, and it's, like, sporty, and, and they loved it, and I have a store in Louisville now. And, and But this conversation about fancy hats, I was like, um, we don't do fancy hats and like fashion doesn't like fancy hats so I don't think we're going to be doing that or I'll do a little bit of it but you know like this thing about like this conversation about wide brim over trimmed uh, hats I, I don't think that's that's not going to I will sell one or two but okay you know I'm like uh, this is what I'm thinking you know having this conversation they're like kept pushing her off about the fancy hats and like no you should do sun hats and and like sporty fedoras and like the beret that now is right. the fashion that I'm wearing right now <laughs> things like that so finally she said I think you need to come down here I'm gonna host a lunch and I want you to talk about like your hat the hat industry and your hat and how to make hats and but I really think you need to see what's going on down here because she was just like she saw the potential in me but she didn't she couldn't make me get me to design it so anyway she she flies me down she has this lunch and I have having this talk out in her patio and and um you know to the ladies of louisville and i'm telling them all about like how hats are like it's so cool to wear a hat like it gives you you know cachet and it's chic and it's like a it's an instant like finishing of an outfit and you know it saves your skin all this stuff and i heard somebody in the background go i am not paying that much for a casual hat <laughs> and i was just like these people just don't understand me you know and i was like well whatever you know and then it's but on and behind me was a um, she had like an array of the fancy hats she got me to make. You know, she finally talked right. me, and there were bright colors. And after I stopped speaking, all of a sudden there was this mad rush for all the fancy, the few fancy hats that I had on the rack. And people were saying, "Can can you do special orders? Can you make this? Can you can you do this? Can you do this?" And I finally I got it. I understood. And I was well, like, "Well, did Wait. you realize that we had a horse race?" No, the Derby wasn't as like there was a lull in the world of like the world of horse racing and Derby. It was like a lull, like it was not like on people's bucket lists. They weren't they were, nobody was really talking about it. Came and like came and went and then like ten years ago they did it. Churchill did a real big national push to, for the lifestyle of, of Derby and. And that was about the time that I met everyone. Like this, how it happened. It was right. like just the right time and the right place. No, I, I, if you talk to anybody on the street and and for and you talk to magazines even today, they don't understand that this is where your fashion's going. They they don't understand that this is where, um, you know, um, 
that this is where it's at fashion wise but so that at the time it was even less so like so i was you know the, even people would say yeah there were some hats to the derby but but the fashion world was still poo-pooing any fancy hats but now I mean, they embrace them right but but women have been wearing hats at horse races for years and years so um Maybe more yes, so but it now. wasn't getting out. It wasn't getting to the level of the fashion district level. It wasn't getting up there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, lucky. Luckily, they it, it has now. And this now. is really. I mean, this is really true because I still the reason one of the reasons why I don't have national because I've always wondered why my national competition like selling nationally mm-hmm. in the same stores why it was so easy for me to kind of embrace racing and they didn't. I mean, there's other elements that come into that too. Right. But that why that was why that was possible and I think it's really the essence of it was that they didn't believe that fancy hats had volume outside of church lady hats church lady hats. yes oh wow yeah so there's I mean I told you I was a hat nerd yeah there's a lot. you are I mean there's even I think but in it's a half fascinating an hour time, I couldn't even tell you like now that this spurs on a whole nother sure. conversation of how how hats are yeah like where hats have gone in history and where but it was just that People in New York, it was categorized, really. Millinery is, it's this and this and this. Theater. But it's in a derogatory way where you can say, cal, you know, a suit for church, a derby dress, and like casual wear. I think you can say that these are different areas of fashion, but with hats, it's not like that. There's like a feeling and a mood and a personality that each hat, each category of hat, and it's almost like it's diversifying. Could somebody say, that's this and that's this and it's almost like their hand goes away not like oh that's not the right suit it's more like that's not me you know what I mean like it's just an interesting and it's around your face so it kind of makes sense in that way that it would be more um, personal personal yeah want more on today's interview purchase wine country women of Napa Valley It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's talk about more about you here. Well, you kind of told us what inspires you, the interaction with people. Yes, for sure. Inspires you, for sure. Anything else? I would say, um, I, I mean, it's, okay. So my inspiration is really, is fashion trends and really more clothing than any like not not anybody's I don't look at other people's hats because I don't want it stuck in my brain and a lot of artists are like that they won't look at their what's going on that way because it gets stuck but I look at clothing what's going on in clothing the the textures of the um the patterns the manipulation of fabric that inspires me number two would be the way that um my uh, like again it's like a nerdy thing but it's the way that fashion I mean uh, that the way that nature is formed and I notice a lot on my bike rides I notice like the space between items is really important and has a the, has a big impact on me as, as far as flow of a piece and then also um, the way that t- colors come together in a certain way too you know all of those things like work together in, for in, inspiration definitely um, costume history is a big inspiration, and then and that would go into the the, and the progression of my of my own body of work. You know, like from the beginning to the till now, like all of that 
from the very beginning, fashion history has influenced me, but then it's the role on, of my own. Like this is the next step that I'm going to take in my history. And top moments of your career so far? No, I just like every time I make a hat for someone, they're happy. It's a top moment for me. You know, like when, they're, <laughs> when their face is so joyous or last night at the Derby Diva, Derby Divas here at Rhodes. When someone says, you made my day, what by, or you heightened my experience because of the hat you designed for me, or, you know, the hat that I wore that it wasn't specifically designed if it was off the rack, like you, that was, because I always feel like the hat clicks with the personality and it was made for them and it's one, they're, you're one with your hat. So I think that it's like that, those moments are like the high, the high point of my career. I do feel that um, probably the first time I went on the Today Show, I think that that was one of the moments. Um, the two-page article in the the Los Angeles style section, Sunday style section, pre-Breeders' Cup, that was another moment of like they didn't know what to write about, re- about racing, so they decided to take the lifestyle and the, and the fashion part of it, and they featured me, which helped the industry. Because I always say, as long as the industry is healthy, whatever industry it is, then I'll naturally have a, that I've partnered with, I'll naturally have a customer because they'll know where to go. But I've made that venture, whether it's horse racing or uh, wine and women or, you know, or, or like a, a hat luncheon. Like if I make that healthy, then I'll have a customer. So, yeah. yeah. So okay. um, the other thing was the New York Times... It was all kind of press related and the New York Times article last year was really fabulous. So what's ahead for you? Oh, more hats. <laughs> and like, you know, I have this new flower that we're doing that I'm really psyched about and we're developing it and we're getting like better at like what how to manipulate the fabric. Uh, I mean, I'm loving that. Um, as far as like my as far as like what we have a lot of exciting things in the next year a lot of new partnerships again growing people's stories so that we can grow as well um just seeing people flourish uh but um my end goal really what i really like to see and i can't do anything about this except to just do and this is what keeps integrity to me is i want a metropolitan art museum retrospective someday Hopefully I'll be dead because then I really feel like I've gone to the extent that of where I'm going to, you know, I want to be dead. I I don't know, but I I really want to, that's one thing that keeps me in line. Like to say, how does this fit into like sustainability and like the ongoing of the, of the brand and the, and the integrity of design and all of that, that it would be so treasured that esteemed, a um, museum would choose to have to highlight you. Yeah, so that's really where I I keep that in mind all the time. Like, would this fit into the story? Like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like don't. You know, or you know, that's really where I'd like to go Be. eventually. Yeah. Let's talk about your personal life for just a few minutes, and then we're going to wrap okay. it up. Um, where do you you and your husband live? What part of New York? Um, we live in Queens, and yeah. we live uh, we moved there, so we were between where he works with me now at doing marketing and events. The wonderful Blake Seidel, you've talked yes, to him. I love Blake. He's he's fabulous, and he worked um, as an executive director of performing arts centers. So he his last job was in Queens. I mean, it was in Long Island near the Belmont, actually, Garden City, uh, Garden City. And so I was in Manhattan. So we just kind of like 
put our finger down on the map and came up with Briarwood, Queens, um, which is between LaGuardia and, and JFK. So it's perfect for my life now because I go to the airports all the time. Right. Yeah, so I can fly in or fly fly in late, fly out early. But my my office is in Manhattan, and I've been there for 20 years, and I love it. It's right across from Macy's. Everybody ends up on 34th Street for some reason in their life, I found. Um, it's I originally wanted to be on a quiet side street, like... 38th Street or something, but this opportunity opened up. They're a fabulous landlord. It's a great location, and uh, I'm just like centrally located, so it's really great. Well, let's talk about your home in Queens. Mm -hmm. If somebody took a step inside your home, what would they see? What's your decor style? Okay, so my husband takes care of all that stuff. Um, So how it goes with us is that um, I get all of my my energy and all of my um, my artistic this out in the business and um and i would basically live in a box and sitting on a box with a box for my coffee (laughs) he he has our apartment is all is all blank um and it's like it looks people often say like it looks like a rich men's like a rich den like rich colors like a men a man's den so we have this like all dark wood and and it's all hardwood with carpet so it's like all like Asian it's, carpets, yes. and then and then it's like dark wood and um, big dark furniture, and um, and as we get older, the light brighter lights. But anyway, it, he, but then he has collections. So there's collections everywhere. Like we have a stamp collection. It's everything's like it's a museum. I mean, it's lived in, but it's a museum. And then he has we have bookshelves all around the apartment, and we do have a thousand square feet, which to everybody who's listening may sound very small, but in New York, it's, it's quite big. big for two people. Right. Then we have like we have his eyeglass collection. But The Voice wrote an art. There was a woman who did a byline um, just about artists or people's occupation and and where they live and how they live. And she did a she did an article. Uh, there's an article on me and from like I think it's like. 97 or 90 it's like all about 20 years ago and when she came in she thought she was she get started at the studio and she thought she was going to be talking to me she walked in our apartment and she was like i've never seen anything like this in 30 years of writing this article she was like amazed I, yeah she was amazed she said i've never seen so many plants <laughs> and so we don't have drapery we don't have drapes you have plants have hanging plants so it's like like all of our windows are greenery like everything yeah and i used to say that because we really both grew up in we both grew up in the country and that's where really where our heart is mm-hmm. i used to say like blake's gonna like put down sod on the and we're not gonna have carpets anymore we're gonna have like green grass so anyway that's like what that's what our apartment looks like well it sounds lovely well, thank you. And I want to yeah, you have it. to come. And Blake's an amazing cook too. Oh, I really? make popcorn. <laughs> it's, uh, again, like I just like very simple because everything else is like more intricate around right? me. So, and he does all the cooking. So, yeah. Well, you God cover. bless Blake. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> you're a perfect. You're a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, you're perfect. I think so you complement each other. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we like to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. So let's do that, and then I will let you get back to business oh and thanks for the book oh of course the idea is don't think about it too much so i have to ask what's your favorite hat to wear Uh, definitely a fascinator for sure and and not not just like a medium medium size oh not too small uh what's the last piece of candy you ate oh i don't eat candy um 
Ooh, a, tri- a Twix at the office because I didn't eat lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite singer? Oh, gosh. That is a really hard one. Um, I would say probably Ella Fitzgerald overall. Okay. Last vacation that you took? Oh, oh up to our cabin in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait to get back there. And your last question, what's one bucket oh, Blake, list item? Blake built our cabin, by the way. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's one bucket list item oh to take my dad to Scotland before he passes on doesn't seem soon but I mean doesn't seem soon that he's gonna pass on but yeah I would like to go back to Scotland where my mother's family's from yeah that's and my mom passed away two and a half years ago so that's what I'd like to do over the top sweet Christine thank you so much for staying down with us today and we're so glad to be here at Rhodes Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.